This is Dino. This is Peter Madgren. So Varg, Euronymous, and Faust uh, went to burn down a church, and um, Varg actually kind of put Euronymous on the spot by at, you know saying, if you aren't against it, why not come and participate in it? And so they traveled to this place, uh, Holmenkollen uh, Chapel, and they actually had like made a bomb that they were going to use to explode inside of this church. Oh, I did hear about this, but maybe yeah. I didn't read the name. It okay. didn't detonate. Yeah. So what they did is they soaked all these hymnals and Bibles and gasoline, and then they put them on the altar and lit them on fire, and then the whole church went up. Um, By the way, I think a lot of these bombs didn't go off because i've heard bombs being used so many times but it never sound like it worked <laughs> yeah they they had really terrible engineering skills apparently. <laughs> um but the first church burning i believe started june 6th in 1992 in between 1992 and 1996 there were over 50 church arsons committed in norway varg committed uh, actually was convicted of three church burnings, but there was actually a possibility of a fourth one, but they just didn't have enough evidence on him for it. Yeah. And um, when he was being convicted of that, in conjunction with something else that we'll discuss in a minute, um, he was reported as saying that he would use his alter ego, Count Grishnak, when he was talking with other people about burning down churches, and he would sort of command them to go and, right. and burn down all these churches all over the Norwegian countryside. Yeah. Varg actually used, um, again, they like to bring cameras whenever they like to cause trouble. Uh, he used, he took a picture of a burnt down church and used it for his EP. Um, ash. Ash, yeah. Oh, it's called Ask, I guess. Yeah, meaning ashes or ash. Yeah, and so actually, the going back to your honest for a second, I heard the only thing that he actually did church-wise, but I guess I was proven wrong with the church burning that he was a part of, was he stole some yeah. things from a church to put in a shop. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah. Like, no. they actually decorated their shop with stuff they stole from churches. That's pretty unique decorations. <laughs> you just yeah. have to invert everything. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, also, I should say that the first church that burned down was a uh, quote from Varg. Originally, the site was a pagan site used to worship the sun. And if they have no respect for the Norwegian culture, why on earth should we respect their culture? Bam. And boom. Wow. Boom. Boom goes the bomb that didn't go off in the church. That was No, that was the first church. The one <laughs> yeah. that, that they burned together was, was after that. Um, by the way, the first recorded church burning in Norway was in 1739. And it w actually had diabolical overtones. Like it, The reason why it was burnt down was because uh, the person renounced Christianity and offered himself to the devil. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And he was 18 years old. So similar age to the That's an people. age, yeah, that's an age where you're highly um, uh, influenced. Yeah, they should put a warning label on those kids. May burn down a church. Um, so also, I mean, among the churches that were burned down, there were some really um, kind of famous landmark churches, one of which was the Fantoft Stave Church, which was an 11th century national landmark and when that church went down, it really actually galvanized Norwegians because I guess what happened is a lot of Norwegians were really against what was going on, but it sounds like there were some that were sort of like, yeah, you know, this is, our, our culture has been damaged by Christianity and, you know, maybe burning down these churches is a good thing. Um, and I believe that one was the one that he actually used for um, that album cover. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, a lot of these stave churches are all wooden churches, which I think with very like ornate um, woodwork on okay. them. Carvings. Yeah. Some of them having like Norse mythology built in, some with dragons or the Eye of Odin or stuff like that, which to me is kind of surprising because, you know, you are joining the Christian and the Norwegian or the Norse mythology, which I don't I guess it's still their culture, right? So mm -hmm. why not have it in there? But uh, the the churches were, were made between uh, 1000 and 1300 AD. And I think at one point there were up to 1200 of these churches in Norway. Um, as of this day, there's only 32 of them. And they're actually beautiful buildings. Yeah. From a, they're, a builder, builder's perspective. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, some people think that the reason why they were burnt down from... Uh, by the way, the, the black metal elite were be, uh, thought to have come from the black circle. Is that right? The, the black um, inner circle? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, that was... I mean... I don't know who, who it was and everyone that was a part of that just says, dude, we just got together and had a good time and we could quote unquote do things together, which meant burn down churches, <laughs> desecrate graves, stuff like that. So um, both Varg and Euronymous in magazines and whatnot had like big proclamations of, you know, what they wanted to do. So they think that it... Uh, reason why this happened was because they either did do something or they get looked at as a joke right essentially. by the way i just want to also um say this really isn't just um particular to these guys like samoth did 16 months for burning down a church uh he's a guitar player from emperor for anybody who isn't aware and um i mean gall from gorgoroth was quoted as saying church burnings and all these things are of course things that i support 100 percent and it should have been done much more and will be done much more in the future we have to remove uh, every trace from what christianity and the semitic roots have to offer this world uh, and he was quoted as saying that in a headbanger's journey and then until the light takes us uh abbot says who's a singer from immortal we weren't involved in any of that stuff. We knew about it. And then he starts laughing and he says, we thought it was quite entertaining. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, according to um, like arson investigators and just the history of arson, uh, revenge is the strongest and most durable motive for setting fires. And it usually happens within the age of 16 to 20, which a lot of these people were in between 17 and 18. So revenge for what? Uh, revenge for Christians taking their land. So at this point, all these churches are going up. Um, even, I mean, you even have like the guys in Demu Borger or Demu Borgier or however you feel like pronouncing that. Um, being accused of but acquitted of burning down some churches. And then Varg kind of got tired of the movement um, that he was trying to start, you know, tearing down this Christian society and building up a new one. He got tired of that not moving forward, so he went to his local newspaper, <laughs> like any sane person does. Yeah. Um, and he tried to get them to write a story about the church burnings and how important this movement was to Norway and what they were trying to accomplish. And the journalist wrote down what he said. It was like, okay, very nice. And then he went uh, to the police <laughs> and um, they, you know, uh, basically uh, tracked it back to Varg and they tracked it back to Helveta quickly and, and Varg did time for church arson. Right. And yeah. he was very upset at Euronymous because, well, Varg was in jail. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nobody was setting fires because Euronymous didn't really want to. And also, due to the, all the fires and the church burnings, they uh, had so much media and press and authorities on them that uh, Euronymous closed um, the record shop mm -hmm. because uh, it was just too much attention. Okay, wait. I thought that Varg went to jail after Euronymous' so, death. So he went to jail the first time oh, okay. yeah, for did. for uh, for burning down um, the uh, Fantoft Stave Church. So that's the one he went to jail for burning. Yeah. And the other uh, ones that he was... So he got of, out? Yes. He, then he, got, then okay. he gets out of jail. Yeah. Um, and... When he was in jail, apparently the media had really started focusing in because he went to the fucking media. Yeah. So the media before this had no idea who was burning down these churches. There were no leads. The police didn't have any fucking idea what was going on. And everything was hunky-dory. They could just get blitzed, go burn down a church, giggle about burning down the churches, order other people to burn down churches. No big deal. Varg 
it's so weird how angry he is with Euronymous when he basically single-handedly brings this whole movement to a screeching halt. Or, or at least his whole group of, of what's going on. Yeah, because church burnings are still happening in, like, Sweden. Like, yeah. th- this yeah. kind of broke out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it did. But with his group of people, yeah. him going and trying to, like, talk to somebody in the press is what really puts a damper on everything he's trying to do. Yeah. But, you know, I I think Varg has some mental illness stuff, too. Um, so I... I think that's a large part of yeah, I think where, those, where those, that. there's a lot of magical thinking that, that goes on. <laughs> that I, I like that term. Yeah. Magical thinking. That, that's the, yeah, that's the most polite way I can think of. Um, so yeah, it, when he gets out, uh, you know, um, again in the documentary, he's quoted as saying, you know, this has nothing to do with Satanism. None of us were Satanist. They mm-hmm. would not listen to us. This was about demonizing a movement. They wanted us to be Satanist. Yeah. So, but I mean, there were a couple Satanists within. There right? were like Ishan is or Isan. Well, Ishan is, but Ishan, he he's been on record many times saying like, yeah, I totally supported them burning down the churches, but I didn't burn down any churches. No, you know, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, supposedly he didn't. So I guess but. you're you're right. Like a Satanist wasn't involved in killing anyone or burning down a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, are we going to talk about Faust? Killing uh, the homosexual. Go right ahead. So, uh, and I don't remember what date this was. I think it was in 92. I think it was August. It was in 92. Yeah, I think it was August 92. Um, Faust was walking back home, I think, to a for- through a forest to a party. And he came across uh, someone, a guy who was hitting on him. Magne Andreasen. And yeah. this is outside of Lillehammer. And um, at that point, he just, I think he made up his mind that he wanted to kill someone. Um, And he was, according to Isan, he was obsessed with murder, with uh, serial killers and watched or like read up about them, studied them. And he wanted to kill at some, he just wanted to know what it felt like. So this person hits on him. Um, asks him to go up into the woods to do stuff, and he thinks it's sexual activity. So he says, yeah, sure. And so they walk up there, Faust completely knowing that he's going to kill him. And so Faust stabs him in the stomach, drops to his knees, stabs him in the throat and and in the face. Mm -hmm. Multiple times, I think it's something like... 37. Yeah, 37 times. And then once between... The shoulder blades needing to use his foot to remove the knife. And um, after that, I, I I think he he goes home, washes off, and the next day someone asks him, like, hey, do you want to go with us to burn down a church? And he goes, oh, yeah, sure. I just killed someone. Why not? Like, just yeah, I mean, that nonchalant that, that about it. At that point, it. the bar is pretty low, right? Yeah, I know. For, like, what exciting activity is. yeah. And I think after he killed killed the guy, Magna, he, he called Euronymous that night and was like, hey, guess what? I just killed someone. So it's just I, the way he's interviewed, it just makes it seem like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Like, I just want to know what it felt like. And honestly, no one had any remorse for what they did. Well, um, so he was quoted as saying. I was outside just waiting to get out some aggression. It's not easy to describe why it happened. It was meant to happen. And if it was this man or another man, that's not really important. Um, And he also, in terms of talking about the actual events, he said, this man approached me. He was obviously drunk and obviously a faggot. It was obvious that he wanted to have some contact. Then he asked me if we could go up to the woods. So I agreed because already then I had decided that I wanted to kill him, which was very weird because I'm not like this. Um, and he only did 14 years for that uh, yeah. combined with the with the um, arson. And like I say, everything happened in such a densely compacted amount of time that by the time he was being sentenced for this stuff, yeah, he was also, uh, according to Varg, testifying against Varg, yeah, right. for his arsons, his additional arsons in conjunction with Varg's murder. Yeah, 
Um, and Samoth's arsons too. Or yeah. arson, I think. But I mean, he basically, he only got, he got less than the maximum sentence, which in Norway at the time was 21 years. Yeah. For just premeditatedly murdering somebody, which to me, I think speaks very highly to, I think, the level of homophobia at, in, at the time. Yeah. I think for any other reason, Varg got the maximum sentence for just killing one person also, premeditated, and that person wasn't a homosexual. It's the only difference. Premeditated, yeah. that's that's to be determined. I think that's yeah. what they decided, though. But what was also, because it was that many years for the murder, but what also, did the church burnings factor into that as well? I thought they did. Because I know Varg was, was convicted for three of them. Right. Yeah, and but he I was don't only know. convicted of. It just seems to me that like if you're gonna murder somebody, you get yeah, twenty one. Yeah, exactly. Um, but maybe well, because Varg's was premeditated. You know what I'm thinking we'll too. Possibly also is if um, since Faust was testifying against other people, maybe he got a plea deal. Yeah, it's possible. Um, yeah. So should we get to Euronymous's death? I think we should. Yeah. Shall. Um, I actually, I kind of want, uh, Peter, you to talk about it first. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, you have Varg's side of the story. Right. Which I think is very interesting because I have a very different one. And I have a little bit of a different one. Yeah. So, Euronymous was murdered by Varg on August 15th in 1993. Um, so basically, uh, I, I really have a collection of quotes about this. Um, Hellhammer was quoted as saying, Euronymous was saying, Varg really has to die. And Varg was saying, I really need to kill this fucker. And I was like, whatever, just handle it yourself, you know, um, which is from until the light takes us. And so Varg, uh, was quoted as saying, he was planning to kidnap me. He was planning to knock me out with an electroshock pistol, like the kind that security guards carry, and tie me up and take me to the forest and make a snuff film while torturing me to death. And of course, I took it serious. If he was talking about it like in the shop to everybody and anybody, I wouldn't have taken it serious, but he didn't. He told like a select group of friends. One of them, you know, told me. Later on, he wrote a letter to me as if we were friends, which of course confirmed my suspicions. End quote. He goes on a lot longer than that. Um, he basically says that the reason why he was writing to him, uh, that Euronymous was writing to him uh, in a friendly way, was to get an excuse to be close to him. And uh, Euronymous had actually sent some contracts to Varg to re-up his, um, his connection with uh, Euronymous's record label. And he wanted to have Varg present with him uh, for the signing which Varg also thinks was like a signal that he was going to be murdered by Euronymous um, because he could have just signed the contracts and mailed them back to him. Right. So he goes, well, fuck it. You know, um, he was already with, uh, with Blackthorn at the time. And so the two of them just took the contracts and drove uh, like hours away um, to where Euronymous lives. And they didn't show up until like three or four in the morning. So they show up, Varg knocks on the door, Blackthorn uh, is downstairs, like not anywhere near what's happening. And it's really weird because Varg goes, and he just opens the door, you know, like it's so weird. He just opens the door. That's not what I, that's not what I got. This is literally like a quote. (laughs) He goes, it's so weird because he's planning on killing me and he just opens the door like, like there's no problem and invites me in and. You know, and I guess um, Euronymous was in his underwear. So, I mean, so Varg takes this moment in his apartment, supposedly, because they're the only two fucking people in the room, um, to confront him. So Varg is quoted as saying, when I got up in the apartment, he panicked because he had plans to kill me. I was aggressive, you know. He attacked me. He kicked me in the chest and threw me to the ground. I was stunned for a while. He was just sitting on the floor, and suddenly he got up and tried to get his knife, which was in the kitchen. I thought, if he's going to have a knife, I'm going to have a knife. I had a pocket knife, you know, a small pocket knife. 
So it seems to me like Varg probably started getting aggressive and this guy in his underwear, like, you know, kicks him in the chest and knocks him down. And if he's not running to go get a knife or something at that point, he's probably like going like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? <laughs> <Just trying> to, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he's trying to kill I me. I know, like, what, what's happening, man? And I, there's no reason why someone stops and then they go to go get a knife. Like, you know, so I think that there must have been some talking that's being left out or something here. Or part of the story has been lost to whatever is going on with Varg. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Varg prevented Euronymous from getting that knife in his kitchen. Um, and he also, then Euronymous tried to run in his bedroom. And Varg apparently believed that he had the electroshock pistol and the shotgun that Dead used to kill himself in that bedroom. Mm-hmm. Neither of which were in the apartment at all. Um, which supposedly... Varg was quoted as saying, I found out later. (laughs) (laughs) And he chased, so then he stops him from getting to his bedroom and he chases him down the stairs and stops, stops him from running. I don't know what that means. That's just what Varg says. I stopped him. And then, uh, Blackthorn, whose name is Snorri Rooch. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing his name correctly. He's there at the bottom of the stairs and he's like, what the fuck is going on? He sees, like Varg is kind of messed up from a scuffle. He sees Euronymous with stab wounds and yeah. And by the way, they broke a lamp. There's broken lamp glass in his chest and shit. He's only in his underwear, so he's completely exposed to all this shit. He's all bloody, and he sees what's going on, and he just pieces the fuck out and runs back to the car. He just gets the fuck out of there. So once that happens, um. Allegedly, which I think makes sense, Euronymous takes that moment uh, to try and attack Varg. And Varg stabs him in the skull and kills him. And then he walks back to the car. And at this point, uh, Blackthorn has actually locked himself in the car. And he has to talk to him through the window and be like, hey, buddy. Hey, guy. Everything's cool. You know, calms him down, gets back in the car. And then they drive back to where they came from without reporting anything. Mm Mm-hmm. By which the way Varg describes it as He fell down the stairs I hit him directly in his skull And his eyes went boing And he was dead (laughs) See and that's a From the same source A different story About what happened there Right Like that's It was just describing that last bit About him stabbing him him Falling down the stairs Because in mine He very clearly says He ran down the stairs And I like chased him down Yeah and it said he tripped and he fell on the glass, and that's why there was 26 stab wounds. He didn't stab him 26 times. It was because of the glass. He says all that. Yeah. So. Basically, I never want to meet this person. In my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it showed up on the news, and there was a, um, a quote from Isan that said, he saw it on the nightly news and said, instantly, Varg killed Euronymous. <laughs> Fuck, dude. And then he called up Samoth, and Samoth was surprised. But, um, yeah, and both of them were just like, you know, people made too much fuss about Euronymous being the king. And it was like, he once was, but, you know, I'm my own master. So they, they almost don't, didn't give a shit. They're like, whatever. Like, he's dead. Okay, fine. Like, Hellhammer, too. Like, no one was really missing him. And I think, um, a big part of it was so we we talked about Helvetic closing. Yes, uh, I read that his parents talked to Euronymous and been like, "You have to close the place." And then everyone was like, "Wait, your parents have to tell you what to do?" Like, okay, <laughs> so kind of knocking them down a couple pegs, right. which is funny because it's people that actually have compassion for an individual in the story. <laughs> You know, yeah, everyone's pissed at him. Like, don't be a pussy. Come on, you will listen. To mom and dad tell you to shut down the shop, stop burning down churches. And <laughs> who the fuck do they even think they are, man? <coughs> God, and there's there's lots of speculation because uh, Metellion, the guy from the Slayer magazine, thinks it was financial. That's that's uh, what I heard. There was. You know, Varg wanted to sign with another label because he wasn't getting any money from Death Like Silence. And uh, I think um, they did sign another one 
another band from uh, from Sweden, and it had to, this band that like they were they made their music from self torture, like they would self torture themselves and go play. So I think he was trying to get them signed as well. Uh, Abruptum. And so everyone was like, well, how can you sign them if you don't give us fucking money and all this stuff? Um, uh, Faust thought it was an ego thing. So Euronymous isn't burning down churches. He had Helvete. You know, Varg is burning down churches. You know, there's a fight there because you're not being true enough sort of thing. Um, which is which is interesting because if you think about it, like even the mafia has a front, right? Yeah, and right. somebody somebody has to look good for Johnny Law. That's true. I mean, so I don't know if that ever factored into any of the discussion back then, but I mean, it would make sense to me if he was like, "Guys, I'm keeping up appearances while you guys go run around and have all the fun." Yeah, you know. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah, I have one quote. Um, from Hellhammer, basically, after uh, Euronymous died, he said, because Euronymous thought of himself as a communist, he said, after a couple years, he found out communism was total shit. He realized this thing claimed to be fascist, but I don't know about that. He was a communist, sadly. <laughs> Dude, Hellhammer seems like such a fucking prick. He, yeah, yeah, every fucking quote, this band shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. By the way, I don't know if that's just a persona or if that's actually real. It, it comes I, ac- it comes across as a persona to me. Like I said, watching the documentary, how how a lot of the uh, community like interacts with the camera, it's there's something missing in that society. It, it or you mean like it feels fake or no, it feels like. I don't, dude, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Yeah. Like the, it's either it's either because they're not they're not used to English. They're, they just they all seem uncomfortable, but they seem comfortable when they're talking about killing and death. Like it's nothing, but you're uncomfortable in front of a camera. It's 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 kind of in, it's weird. That's it's just something missing. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. I think that's like a, a real through line for a lot of this particular period of time for these particular individuals, which is that like, it seems like there's a lack of empathy and a lack of concern and also um, skewed viewpoint, like skewed, skewed view of the world. And um, I mean, with a couple of these people, I think really blatant mental illness that's completely overlooked because of maybe stigma or lack of knowledge or whatever hold on a second here i'm looking down at these notes varg stated that Euronymous had a large amount of child pornography in snuff films oh yeah no shit is that true no i i don't know Again, i don't know it's not proven it's not yeah it, he also said that he killed uh Euronymous because he thought he was bisexual because at one point the group talked about how uh, Christians thought that it was bad to spill any semen on the ground. So they said, what better way to do it than to fuck someone in the ass and shit it out into the sewer, right? Uh So, but which is weird because if you're so against Christianity, wouldn't being gay be the ultimate, like, sin against Christians? And then they're, you know, it's like, oh, but he's like, he might be bisexual, so let's kill him. You know, that's one thing also is that, so I, is it, is it okay if I just talk about John Nodvate's murder? Yeah, sure. So this brings me to another murder. Um, and so John Nodvate, as many listeners I'm sure already are fucking aware, is the now dead uh, singer for, and songwriter and guitar player for Dissection. Even though he was in some other projects too, uh, you know, um, feel free to go ahead and and check out more stuff that he's a part of. But so John Nodvate and a friend of his named Vlad, who was actually um, from another country, were convicted of murdering a uh, 36-year-old homosexual and Algerian national who had been living in uh, Sweden for many years. Um, So the body uh, was located on July 23rd, 1997, uh, and he was actually 
uh, not ID'd at that point. Um, there was like a local shop owner a couple days later who uh, ID'd the guy. His name was Joseph Ben uh, Medjur. Um, so they didn't really have any leads or anything on what happened to this guy. Uh, he was shot twice with a pistol. That's kind of all that they knew. And, um, you know, a couple days after this investigation starts, this woman shows up to the police station and she's, uh, apparently Vlad's girlfriend. And she goes to the police because he's been beating the fucking shit out of her. And he like apparently drunkenly told her that he had committed this murder and he was threatening to kill her too. God damn. Yeah. So, um, Vlad gets brought in. Vlad, you know, points the finger at, uh, John who was with him during the murder. So then John gets pulled in. John's not talking. Uh, and then the police basically, uh, have enough evidence, I guess, against the both of them to where John just does a confession to try and knock his sentence down, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. So his account starts on the 21st to 22nd. So he's like late night into the early morning the next day on July 1997. Uh, so he says that he was just drinking all over the place, various pubs all around Gothenburg, And um, he was with Vlad and a couple other friends. And in the early morning, so apparently they had been like up all night, the two other guys leave and he's uh, with Vlad and they're kind of just around the city center. And they're walking near this park that's kind of locally known as like a meeting place uh, for gay men. And this guy comes up to them and says, hey, I noticed your clothes kind of thing. Like, are you guys Satanists? And he said that he wanted to learn about like their Satanist cult that they're in. Because mm-hmm. at the time, Vlad and John were a member of the MLO. Yeah. Um, which was the, um, hold on a second, Misanthro- Misanthropic Luciferian Order, which has actually changed their name now to, uh, I believe, the Temple of the Black Light. So they're like, yeah, sure. Um, and they start going back to uh, John's home. And I guess on the way there, something about the way that this guy is acting or some of the things that he's saying Mm -hmm. leads them to believe that he's gay. Um, And so they get to John's place and they're like, come on in and like, let's keep talking about like Satanism and and all the stuff that we're into. And at this point, this guy's probably realizing these guys are like, you know, fucking crazy. Uh, So he won't go into the, into the, into the house. And so they're like, all right, well, like, let's just go back to where we came from and we'll keep hanging out. We can keep talking about all this stuff since you're interested. And before they go, though, John goes back into his place and he gets a pistol and he gets a taser. And I guess somehow spontaneously, Vlad and John sort of decide that they're going to incapacitate this guy with the taser and then they're going to shoot him mm-hmm. after he's like knocked out. Um, which, by the way, is really strangely similar to Euronymous's supposed plot to kill um varg you knock him yeah. out with the pistol and then kill him yeah um so once they get back to kyler's park uh vlad takes the pistol out um and Nodvate tries to immobilize midor but it's unsuccessful the guy isn't incapacitated and he starts to peace out he's running um unfortunately while he's running away Vlad uh, shoots him in his back, and then there's a second bullet fired to the head. Now, there's some contradictions to the story. One um, possibility is that um, Vlad shot both rounds. Mm -hmm. Vlad, in his confession, says that John fired both rounds. Right? And then the third possibility, which I think is kind of the one that they went with, which is that Vlad fired the first shot, and then John took the pistol and finished the guy off. Wow. Um. So, yeah, uh, that's one thing about this this movement is that there's this really, really weird homophobic um, mentality to it, um, at least in these early years, and in particular with the MLO, although I guess they're called the, Bla- the Temple of the Black um, Light now. Um, and it's it's really sad and unfortunate that these people would be would be singled out like this um, because the supposed like strong, holier than now, better than everybody people are somehow threatened by somebody else's sexuality, like a fucking child, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I don't know what the, 
general culture is like over there. Yeah, you know, it it could be in uh, Scandinavians themselves are just. Uh, or, did, or did they grow up into a in a household that yeah, wasn't tolerant? Like it's, it, I don't know. Well, never I mean, come up in well, because conversation. It, well, think about it. I mean, not sure about paganism, but it was taken over by Christianity. You kind of get brainwashed thinking that gay is not okay. By the way, though, I mean, even here in the United States in the early 90s and even in the early thousands, there were crimes against gay people and yeah. also against trans people. Um, and I mean, it's definitely it, it's a lot better now, but it's not it's not yeah. perfect here right. either. I, so I don't want to get into a conversation that's kind of like xenophobic against people from that region. But I think around this particular time with these particular people, especially, yeah. there was definitely this kind of culture going on. Now you've got Gaul now who is in a gay relationship now mm-hmm. um, with, I believe that fashion designer. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, if things are changing or not in, in the scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really sad um, that that has to factor into somebody being murdered. Like, which by the way, Faust, like yep. it wasn't, really one of the factors oh he says it isn't but he says that who knows i think right if it wasn't he definitely used it to his advantage yes yeah he's and, like a black widow with it yeah. yeah and and varg there's a separate statement that says that was a reason why too for for him killing Euronymous. i'm okay. sorry okay. yeah so basically fuck those guys yeah yeah um i mean really just for it's already not cool that they're killing people but if that's one of the factors then it's just you know it's just extra yeah it's just anyways so i guess maybe we should talk about where the main kind of character of this podcast is now yeah, or do you want me to describe the actual police evidence for... Oh, please. For yeah. Varg killing Euronymous? Or actually, Matt, do you want no, to I mean, say your changes to the story? Well, no, I mean, there's not really that many changes to the Euronymous uh, murder. Other than what the version I was... I, I kind of heard was... Um, so, Euronymous... Um, signed Burzumon for four more uh, albums with Burzum. And um, Varg was getting royally screwed with uh, money and um, and kind of like the rights to his music because Varg wanted to go elsewhere because he's like, I'm not making any money with you. You're fucking me in the ass, seriously. With this, so... Um, uh, the story I heard is, you know, Varg goes over and they're kind of talking through the door because Euronymous is in his house and he's like, ah, I don't want, I don't, you know, we, 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 we don't need to do this here. And so Varg um, convinces Euronymous to open the door and goes inside. They, they try to talk. It turns into a scuffle and... Uh, Euronymous is killed in the hallway of his apartment complex um, with multiple stab wounds and uh, the killing blow was to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's the version I... So that ending is probably the same to mine. Right, but... but the but, beginning is yeah, a little bit different. But there was nothing about stairs. In, oh. in, yeah. I think the hallway is kind of the stairway. Maybe hallway Who thing knows? yeah were you gonna say something peter oh so the peter peter the uh from the police the reason why it was premeditated was because varg had two other accomplices one was at varg's house they rented a movie and the guy was to stay there watch that movie also take one of varg's atm cards and use it during the time that this was happening the only problem was he gave him the wrong fucking card. So that never worked as an alibi. Um, the 
he brought gloves with him, which he never used. But apparently, uh, was it Black? Wait, Blackthorn? Who is the? Yeah, the, uh, their accomplice. Yeah, yeah. He he stated that. Yeah, he was planning to use those to cover up his fingerprints, but he forgot them in his back pocket. And Varg actually uses this to his to his side of the story, saying like, "Why would I kill him? Like, I my if I were gonna kill him, my those gloves would have been on my hands. They wouldn't have been. But in reality, he honestly just forgot forgot because he also showed up with the contracts too, dated." the day before because what he was going to do was have Euronymous sign the contracts and then kill him and then be like why I wasn't even there I the, the contracts were signed the day before I I did what I wanted to do and I went and used my ATM card yeah at two in the morning and we for watched this reason. movie with this with my friend like why would I even do any of this yeah so those were all the basically the main points of evidence Saying that Barg premeditated this and was going there to kill him. By the way, how crazy is it that even now when he talks about that murder, he still is covering up for um, Sonori being an accomplice? He's like, oh, and then I was like, he was, I actually, he actually says, I was worried that he was going to attack me too, like they were both in on murdering me. But I think he's. He's in a mental institution now, the Snorri guy. No shit. Yeah, because I actually got a lot of this, well, some of the story from his perspective. And, like, he didn't want to go, but Varg kind of convinced him to go. And he was like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. So he ended up going away. I'm not sure if it was for that. It could have been, but... He was in a mental institution because he was mentally unstable. He's probably the only one that got help out of that group. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Varg talks about when he's in prison, he talks about, um, you know, these people take these pills and, you know. Chemical lobotomy. Yeah, that's exactly the, what he says. He yeah. says it's a chemical lobotomy. Those are That's like, that's the quote, actually, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if he was prescribed anything, but I'm pretty sure... If he was, at least during the interview I saw, I don't know about now, he was not taking those pills or was not happy about taking those pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason why we're bringing up Varg and the murders and the church burnings and all this stuff is this all happened in a relatively short amount of time. And black metal and this whole movement was kind of showing up in the headlines and the news headlines quite frequently. And I believe that that's a big reason why black metal got so popular is that this kept on showing up and people had, Oh, what, what is this? Okay. I got to check this out. And of course, of course, when they listen to it, they're like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I got to get me some more of this shit, which I did hear at one point, And I'm not sure if this is true anymore, that Norway's biggest export is black metal. That was in uh, Headbanger's Journey. It and, is. And I don't know whether that was just a little quip that he had or if that was actually true. Uh, yeah. It, it feels untrue. But, you know, that goes to show you how big the scene is, which is that there's a little part of me that goes like, but what if it is? Yeah. You know? Um, what's, what's interesting about all this story is that I think it is why it got popular. But as a young man in high school listening to mainly power metal and like death metal and stuff i had no fucking idea about any of this when i started listening to black metal and it was Mm -hmm. only after kind of getting my first few albums and talking with some other people that were like in the community like finding out any of this stuff and i was like holy fuck like that is insane and then yeah i mean it's i guess it's all kind of part of the mystique now of the as as horrible as that sounds of the of the genre yeah yeah, its credibility is built on the back of arson and murder. Right, and I think Varg is the only one that's kind of like, kind of still kind of propelling this whole thing. I think he's just kind of an interesting character. No, he, he just because he's. Is. It's just like a case study. Like, what's going through this guy's mind? And everything... Like, he has a blog, and everything you read on there is just... 
I don't know. Like it can be interesting, but it also can be crazy. Yeah. I think that sums him up. <laughs> um, he also apparently, uh, I read in a bio for him that he like works on RPGs now, like role-playing games That's in some capacity. Weird. Yeah. I, I kind Writing of, black metal. <laughs> I wish I knew more about it. That's really all I know, but I think that that's really interesting. So Varga got to spend 15 years in prison, and he was actually released on parole in 2009. And um, during that time... While he was in prison, he continued to write music and kind of... Um, yeah, there's some killer albums from that period. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he actually uh, like did writings on uh, Germanic paganism, and you, which were actually published. Sure. Really. Um, so he was released uh, in 2009, and he actually settled in France with uh, his wife and children. He children. has a wife and children. Yeah, I mean, believe that shit. And by the way, one of his kids was born sort of around the time that all this stuff happened back in, like, I think his, either his daughter or his, one of his sons was born in 93. So he fucking knocked up his wife and was like, I'm going to go kill someone. Be right back. BRB. (laughs) (laughs) TTYL. Yeah, so (laughs) he's in France now and he, uh, he, he's, he still continues to write music these days. And, uh, but not for Burzum, right? I I think he stopped Burzum yeah. writing. Um, but uh, he's writing more and promotes... Uh, I can't read that ideology. Neo-Volkish ideology. Odalism. Uh, based on the idea that Europeans should readopt native European values, such as traditional paganism odin all the way yeah and you know um throughout this entire podcast i've been using quotes and stuff from varg and i just want to make be very transparent that all the quotes that i used from him were from until the light takes us and those interviews were all done while he was in prison so in terms of quotes post-prison after 2009 i don't have information on on that from him and i don't know if he would talk about things differently now so i just want to make that clear um that that's the perspective that that i've been using but i think that's very telling because you get to be in the mindset of somebody that's actively serving time for a murder and sort of in a way telling the story um in a way that best protects him and other people involved uh, around that murder right so um one thing i'd like to add though is um with the whole kind of time of where uh all the killings in norway were happening um there was actually because of all the publicity that um you know there was uh american metal uh, black metal bands starting to pop up it wasn't it wasn't as as crazy as over didn't, there didn't take hold as as, as no. much over here yeah america's death metal scene was much more prominent it fucking exploded yeah. so but the black metal scene was kind of was kind of uh it was very quiet um and most of them were actually took the burzum style which is interesting because some of the people um were part of the national socialist black metal society sounds about right yeah so they they were kind of neo-nazism oh i didn't yeah. know that part that fucking sucks yeah so and and some people actually contribute varg to starting that kind of movement yeah. um so uh there's a quote from a band american band named grand belial's key it's actually not that bad i've I actually listened to some of it um he said that the only Norwegian band that's uh, so um, Burzum and 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 Varg is the only Norwegian band that remains unapologetic and literally convinced of his beliefs. I think that sounds right. That I mean, sounds, yeah. Even Isan is. I mean, Isan is still a Satanist, but even Isan, I mean, he seems like a pretty kind-hearted, nice dude. But what know? about Gall, Gorgoroth? Didn't he say, like, everyone who listens to them that isn't in this, like, Satanism is a poser? Well, yeah, but he was he them? was kicked out of Gorgoroth. 
and I mean, who I don't, you know, yeah, what I'm I guess saying? whatever like, he does, yeah. Um, and I, he's very pro church burnings and stuff like that. But to the best of my knowledge, he's never been on trial or convicted or anything for any of that behavior. So as far as I'm concerned, he's a mouthpiece just in the same way that Euronymous was a mouthpiece. No, actually, no, he did torture someone. Um, yeah, okay. Actually, I'm glad that you, I forgot that he had tortured that guy. Yeah, he tied him up and he tortured him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I used to know more about that and I don't anymore. <laughs> I used to know the whole story. Yeah, wasn't like I think he like collected his blood or something like that too during it was weird. Yeah. God, this scene is is really chock full. Yeah, know, of strange stuff. So again, the when the scene was really taking off because of the killings, um little kind of um cult started to pop off pop up in different countries. So America being one of them. Uh France had grave desecrations. And uh, actually, a priest was stabbed to death. Fuck. And and they were actually over there. It was the same thing where you were either NSBM or you were part of a, a little thing called the Black Legion. What is NSBM? It's the National Socialist Black Metal. Oh, okay. So ne- kind of more neo-Nazi. Okay. Um, and um, God, neo-Nazis in France. What a fucking ironic thing. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and and it's been said that the sounds of the bands coming out of there at the time was kind of this. It was like. It was, confusing because everybody was like, "Well, are you a Nazi or are you are you are you a Satanist?" Like, so it was just confusing all the way around. Um, uh, one thing you forgot to mention was, so, when John went to prison, the section was actually. On hold. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, yeah, I know. And, and uh, so they came back and he restarted it and released... Uh, Riencos. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. So, and yeah. He, he got new members in the band that were more in line with... With his vision yeah. and values. They're also members of the um, Church of the Black Light. Yeah. And John, at the time, I, I think he started to pick up on uh, neo-Nazism as well, but he never claimed to be a Nazi, or the band was Nazi. Yeah, I mean, he shaved his head bald. I don't know if that was because he was going bald or because he wanted to make a statement. Yeah, again, it, it's it's all. Um, it, to hear, and who knows, besides him. And he actually later committed suicide because... Uh, he reached his limitations of music. God, they all just killed himself. We have so many questions. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> um, one band actually. Uh, Can I say one thing about him killing himself? Go for it. So um, there are people who think that him killing. So by the way, a lot of people think that the section ended because he killed himself, but he actually disbanded the section before he killed himself. And. Um, he actually, it's thought that he killed himself in, in a kind of ritual. Um, it, when he was found, he was found uh, in a circle of lit candles uh, in his, I believe it was an apartment at the time. And he had uh, shot himself in the head with a shotgun, I believe. Hmm. It may have been a rifle, but I think it was a shotgun. How awesome would it be if it was the same shotgun? I think that would be, that would have been... It was too, almost like a, a yeah. torch that was passed down. I mean, it would seem like a book at that point. Right. It'd be like, <laughs> it, it, at that point, it'd be like, you can't even write this shit. It's yeah. just... Yeah. Um, but please continue. I just wanted to say that about... No, no, no. So, um, Dissection was a, a major band in Sweden um, uh, for the whole black metal movement. And also, uh, I think I'm saying this right, Waitain. Uh, I say Watain, but I don't really Watain, think yeah. tomato, tomato. So the lead singer, uh, lead singer Eric, would actually, Eric. he he said that, you know, bands weren't taking it seriously enough. Mm-hmm. Like the Norwegians did because they wanted, they didn't, they hated Venom. So they're actually, that band tried to, you know, take it up another notch and he would actually go on stage and pour animal blood on him well wow. and perform it bloody which is actually pretty crazy um yeah 
And then, you know, at the end of the, the whole black metal movement, uh, bands like Emperor. What do you mean, man? It's still happening. Yeah, man. No, well, come on. <laughs> it, 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 it didn't sound like it did back in the early days. Well, what about Emperor? You're mentioning them. Um, yeah, they've been around for a long time. They now. have. But a lot of the people that uh, started that era, uh, mo- a lot of the underground um, fans were getting upset that their their little little band was getting popular and started to commercialize it's called metallica syndrome yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean the, the the like emperor uh immortal demi borger uh satiricon yeah uh labeled as pose or not posers but uh sellouts yeah and which is really weird again just to just to reiterate I mean, outside of Isan, outside of a very select minority of people, Isan, John Nodefeet, these guys are not Satanists. They're just against the status quo, and they use Satan uh, as a symbol, sort of, of being adversarial to society or right. what have you. Like, Demon Borger, those guys have been in interviews many a time saying, like, like Silent knows. He's like, I'm not a fucking Satanist. Like... Your God is a lie, but that doesn't mean I believe. It. <laughs> it doesn't mean I believe in Satan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people did get upset. But you know, I think there's a you know, you run the risk of being a, I think a metal hipster. I think at some point. Yeah, I mean everybody yeah. gets to that point. Yeah. You know your little band that you had in your pocket that nobody else knew about. Now everybody knows. You're like, well, it's not special anymore. And a lot of people want to go back to the old days where it was crazy awesome. And there's like five bands, man. Yeah. And you know what though? There's a there's a there's a, there's a mortal cost. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's I think people are just getting upset that um, it's not like it wasn't like back in the day. And they're like, well, you guys aren't doing that stuff anymore because everybody has to grow up sometime. Yeah, I mean, my personal opinion on this is that I think it's really unfortunate that all these people had to die in what seems to me to be really preventable um, situations. Right. Uh, and I mean, while it did popularize this genre of music that you know I fell in love with, I have countless records from tons of bands. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that it came at a really great cost. Uh, and that you know what seems to be like really blatant mental illness or maybe sociopathy or whatever is going on with certain individuals there homophobia what have you is completely overlooked or surrounded by people that were too apathetic or who knows and by the way we don't know a lot about people like hellhammer and his background whether he was Mm -hmm. abused growing up or all these people i mean who knows where they came from and why they thought this stuff was acceptable yeah Uh, there's probably a lot of pain and hurt there and that's what's really unfortunate also is that great art comes from pain almost always the pain is still mine The pain <laughs> is still mine. No, and that's one thing uh, Necro Butcher was actually mentioning is that when the when his band Mayhem, they kind of went through a stage where they were super, you know, black metal, and then they kind of slowly went in a different direction due to members leaving, and it just the just a natural progression of music. Mm-hmm. You can't stay in the same spot the whole time. It's kind of hard to do. But um, he said the reason why they sounded the way they did back in the day was because of all the anger, all the fighting amongst, you know. Teen angst. Yeah, you're just angry Mm -hmm. as a kid. And um, and it's kind of uh, interesting to see that. It's kind of interesting because Euronymous thought that he considered Mayhem to be always... A black metal band, a true black metal band. When in the beginning they consider they they talked about themselves as total death metal. So it's just kind of interesting how his mindset changed. I think in some ways he was just a salesperson, you know. Yeah, I he mean, was, I, he used yeah. the hype a lot. Yeah, and you know, 
It's well, actually, he's a salesperson, most. but apparently he's a shitty businessman because he can't fucking keep his shop open or fucking get money from his records. And, I mean, he's, what, the Prince of Death? Yeah. I mean, well, his, you know, his uh, inability to sell records in life was surpassed by his ability to sell them in death, apparently. Yeah, it's true. Um, Fuck yeah. So... Is that is, is that about wrapper up? Yeah, I think we can end it on uh, the fact that Euronymous, the Prince of Death, did achieve his death-like silence. <laughs> that is fucked up. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Well, on that note, <laughs> um, this is Peter Madgren. This is Matt. This is Dino. Thank you for listening. Oh, and. Um, also, we have Twitter, Metallurgy Cult, at twitter.com. It's K-V-L-T. One L in Metallurgy. Uh, same thing with Instagram, Metallurgy Cult. And our Facebook presence is Metallurgy Official. Oh. It's uh, only one L in Metallurgy. And feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or ideas at metalnewsreviews at gmail.com. True that. Double true. Uber true.